Welcome to the 10 Minute Medic, the podcast for busy paramedic students. This podcast takes one medical subject and explores it for a maximum of 10 minutes. Here's your host, Dr. Bill Young. You're listening to the 10 Minute Medic, the podcast for busy paramedic students. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Young. In my real-world job, I'm an associate professor for the Department of Paramedicine at Eastern Kentucky University. My students will be taking their pediatric advanced life support course when they return in the spring, so the next two podcasts will focus on topics from that course. This week's topic will focus on basic life support for the pediatric cardiac arrest patient. The initial assessment of the pediatric patient is very similar to that of the adult. Once you've determined that the patient's level of consciousness, move quickly to assessing pulse and respirations. To save time, assess both of these simultaneously. Keep in mind that you shouldn't take any longer than 10 seconds to evaluate both of them. To check for breathing, look for rise and fall of the patient's chest. If your patient is breathing and doing so adequately with good tidal volume, simply monitor the patient and transport to the nearest appropriate facility. If your patient is not breathing, or if breathing is inadequate, such as gasping or poor tidal volume, your patient is considered to be in respiratory failure or respiratory arrest. Make sure that you address this life-threatening problem before you move on in your patient assessment. It depends on the age of the child as to where we will assess their pulse. If your patient is an infant, palpate the brachial artery at either one of the arms. If your child is older, such as school age or older, you may check for a carotid or ephemeral pulse. Sometimes it can be difficult to determine whether the patient has a pulse or not. This is even more so in children, especially if they're overweight. If you don't feel a pulse within 10 seconds, you must begin CPR immediately. Even if the patient has a pulse, but if it's less than 60 beats per minute, or if the patient shows an inadequate cardiac output, you should begin CPR right away. Pulse checks should be limited to a duration of 10 seconds every two minutes. It is imperative that you do not interrupt CPR unless it is absolutely necessary. In an effort to make it easier to remember, the American Heart Association has mandated a goal of 100 to 120 compressions per minute for all patients. Just a little hint here, if you're taking the Pediatric Advanced Life Support course, you'll most likely be asked several questions regarding this rate. If you're doing CPR by yourself, the ratio is 30 compressions to two ventilations in all patient populations, adults, children, and infants. If you have a second rescuer present, your compression to ventilation rate is 15 compressions to two ventilations. For most children in cardiac arrest, you'll either use one or two hands to compress the chest. In the event of a cardiac arrest in an infant, the use of the thumbs on the sternum with the rest of the fingers encircling the back is preferred. The primary reasons for this are, one, it provides a better blood supply to the cardiac muscle. Secondly, it also helps to maintain a consistent depth as well as force of chest compressions. And lastly, some research studies show that it may indeed bring about an increase in blood pressure, which improves perfusion to the brain and to the heart. Each time that you compress the chest, you should compress about a third of the diameter of the chest in order to provide an adequate ejection fraction of blood from the left ventricle and then allow the chest to fully recoil so that the heart can refill with blood for the next compression. Allowing the chest to fully recoil is just about as important a part of CPR as compressing the chest and having the right compression rate. If you happen to be alone during the cardiac arrest and the child is small enough to carry with you to the phone, 
do just that. Bring the child with you as you call for help. If the child is too large to carry, perform two minutes of high-quality CPR and then activate 911. Above all else, make sure to maintain consistent compressions. Although compressions gets the top billing in any type of a resuscitation effort, it's important to remember that you must provide adequate ventilation for your patient as well. In order for ventilations to be effective, you must have an open and patent airway. Part of the challenge with children, especially very young children, is that they have a very large posterior occiput. If you allow the child supine on the floor or a bed, this part of the head will push their chin forward, causing the airway to become occluded. Make sure that you put the child in a neutral position by patting underneath the shoulders. One way to measure this would be to make sure that the external ear canal is aligned with the superior part of the child's shoulder. When a child goes into cardiac arrest, it most often is preceded by an occurrence of respiratory failure. This is unlike many adults who have some type of cardiovascular event or disease that precipitates their cardiac arrest. When the adult heart stops, the oxygen content of the blood is still sufficient to fulfill the oxygen workload demands of the heart for a few moments after cessation of pulse. Most of the time, children do not have this oxygen reserve. It's very important that you provide high-quality compressions and ventilations during cardiac arrest, especially for infants and children because of this very reason. During a cardiac arrest, you may be called upon to use an AED. It's preferable to actually use pediatric size pads if they're available, but if they're not available, use the adult pads that come with the defibrillator. In this situation, it would be probably best to use the anterior-posterior positioning of the patches on the chest and the patient's back. You do not want the pads to touch, but you should not trim the pads to try to make them fit the patient. Apply the AED as soon as possible as studies show that the early defibrillation is most effective, especially in children. In a situation where you must provide defibrillation for an infant, if you have a manual monitor defibrillator available, it's preferable to use that rather than an AED. The primary reason here is that the manual defibrillator can provide a much lower energy content for defibrillation in an infant than can an AED. However, should an AED be all that you have, then make sure that you use it. Most situations of pediatric cardiac arrest come about as a result of airway involvement, breathing abnormalities, or both. Be aggressive in dealing with these so that your patient will have the best chance of survival. Thanks again for listening to the 10-Minute Medic. Our next podcast will take a look at the requirements necessary to have an effective pediatric resuscitation team.